Hello everyone, welcome to Vention, where people find passions and passions find people. Today's episode, episode number 20, I have Helen Sinclair. So, as we redeem our humble fellowship, hearken to the words I speak, and fate may favor the lively path thou chooseth. I shall see you anon. So, <laughs> you wanted to be on a podcast. Oh, yeah, no, childhood dream. Ch- okay, childhood dream. Childhood dream. And it, and it's also perks that, like, your family oh, like, no, yeah. is into podcasts and that you're the first one mm, yeah. and only so, one. My parents both got referenced on various podcasts. Mm. Um, so, my dad, I don't remember what podcast he was referenced on, but he sent an email to one of the guys who, like, listens to consistently um and the guy was like hey shout out to you know todd sinclair name drop um (laughs) to my father um and so he got referenced and then my mom sent snacks to one of the gaming podcasts we listened to Hmm. um and then they they also like talina sinclair another name drop look at me go so, but I'm the first one to be on a proper podcast. Oh, wow. So I'm fancy. I'm a proper podcast. You, you, well, I mean, I found you on my podcast app, so you can. Hey. <laughs> Let's it's go. It's true. It's true. So, like, um, like what kind of references were they given? Was it, was, was it kind of just like. Oh, it's just like, a, hey, thanks for supporting the show. Oh, okay, cool. You're cool. <laughs> so, like, who do they support? Like, you said a gaming channel. Yeah, so my mom. I mean, we, most of my family listens to this one particular gaming podcast. It's called the Glass Cannon Podcast. It's a bunch of dudes, like, playing like, games mm-hmm. and just hanging out and being friends. Um, she sent snacks in one time, you know, pre-pandemic, uh-huh. um, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. What, so what's the family's favorite game? Um, if you guys could collectively. Ooh. Have you ever heard of Jackbox Gamings? Uh, I think so. Okay, so Jackbox is, it's like an Xbox, you know, kind of game pack. Um, but there's one particular, like, party game on there that we really love. It's called Quiplash. Huh, I do not know that. It's really fun. So basically, you get these prompts on your on your phone. So you connect your phone to, like, the TV where it's set up. Mm-hmm. And you get this prompt on your phone, like... Oh... Like, I don't know, like something really random and you have to come up with like a funny quip as a response. And then once everyone's quips have been submitted, they are pitted head to head anonymously. And so you vote on which quip I you like better. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. And for a bunch of nerds, like we just get like obscure and like really like 2 a.m. drunk tired references <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we're those people. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Because we also grew up, I, I grew up in a redneck town. So, like, mm-hmm. there's also, you know, like, hardcore nerd and the redneck, <laughs> which is two things you wouldn't exactly. imagine. I would not have working together, expected that. But that's essentially my family. That is hilarious in a very cool and interesting way. Oh, yeah, for sure. My family's really weird. Hmm. Um, so when you go along the like the terms of like the nerdiness, like okay, so first off, um, like we met uh, after 
Uh, I was, so I was doing a, a talk on Lopes Way. Yes. Where I just set up and random strangers would come up and talk. And I was eating Chick-fil-A. And you were eating Chick-fil-A. And we, I was wrapping up uh, one and then you came up. And we briefly started talking. However, my camera had died. Mm -hmm. And so I was apologetically not able to... You know what? It's fine. ...do that one. But when I asked, I was like, yeah, so like, what are you passionate about? Just like in, in casual conversation. Yeah. You had mentioned Shakespeare. Yes. So when I so when you <laughs> mentioned like, oh yeah, nerdy redneck. Like, yeah. I'm thinking like Super Smash Bros. And like yes. um, different like uh, games and yes. like nerdy kind of stuff. But then also Shakespeare, and then also there's 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 this Shakespeare yeah. side, and I was not expecting it's, that. It's really fun um, and really weird. So I got an older brother, <laughs> and he's a sophomore in college right now, and he's actually studying to be a, a game design and programmer. Oh, super! Cool. So that has always been an aspect of my life, you know, like sitting in front of like the really small, like old school box TVs. Mm -hmm. Yep. In the living room, like sitting way too close to the TV, playing like Spyro and like yeah, 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 like yeah. Lego Star old, Wars, old you know, like early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that was always a lot of fun. That was like how my brother and I bonded is him yelling at me to play video games correctly when I wanted to collect all of the coins because I come, I'm a completionist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I need the purple one. And the then yeah. Purple ones are a lot. It is a lot. It's yeah. the most. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it goes silver, gold, blue, blue purple. purple. Yes. And okay. then it's the 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 ten mini kit ones. Yeah. Yeah. See, so you get it. I get you, it. You get it. I wanted to complete everything. My brother just wanted to smash things for the heck of it. I actually learned all the plot. Really. The plot for Star Wars. Wow. And Indiana Jones. Through wow. Lego, through the Lego games. What a way, dork! Way before <laughs> I, I watched any of them. Wow! I know it was. Okay. It was really funny and also kind so. of sad because, like, the entire Indiana Jones movie, I knew back to back, like, from front to back. I knew no the time entire thing. Love, Doctor Jones. <laughs> Doctor Jones. I can't do the voice as well as other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there is there is that aspect of my life mm -hmm. of just growing up playing like you know like early 2000s like video games yeah yeah um my dad is a big you know like pathfinder D, &D okay the yeah. whole whole nine yards yeah 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 um and role playing i my mother being the fellow nerd she is she's the one who, who really got me on the kick of like shakespeare and like philosophy and mm. all those really fun and exciting things mm -hmm. um but she introduced me to the lord of the rings ah. and i fell in love yep um lord of the rings is one of my favorite movie trilogies and book series of all time it's influenced so much of my life tolkien is a real one <laughs> um, i haven't so, seen the movie tolkien yet no, no, no! Like J.R.R. Tolkien, no, the I, author. I, I, know I haven't that. seen the movie either. I know that. Okay. I know who Tolkien is. Come okay, well, uh, excuse me. It's only a movie. Like okay. the guy wasn't real. It's just a movie. No. <laughs> don't. But yeah. Don't don't be that person. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> just no. I won't leave right now. All right. Bye. No. So I, that Lord of the Rings, you know, The Hobbit. Mm -hmm really, you know, influenced a lot of, like, my love for fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, I am I am the hardcore, you know, fan. Like, I like sci-fi, but, like, give me elves and dwarves yeah, and, uh, and acts to smash things with yeah. it. You know, yeah. like, good old 
good old barbarian, smash and grab, yeah, yeah, get yeah. rich. You exactly. Know, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have that in my back pocket um, just throughout my entire life. And then my dad started introducing to me like role playing games. And I'm like, I love this. <laughs> what how did i never knew this before it's like you know like alphaba and like uh wicked yeah yeah, something has changed within me or however it goes yeah i can't sing wicked's a good play it is a musical not a play there's a difference Uh, fine true theater kid sorry no you're good you're good you're good but yeah um super cool yes um Oh, theater kid. Yes, I, I am. I've been in um, theater since the dawn of time. <laughs> well, it works perfectly with... With being a Shakespeare nerd. With that and, like, the role play stuff. Yeah, for sure. Obviously. It comes in handy when yeah. you're able to, like, switch in and out of Personas. your mindset. I'm not... I can't do voices. I'm not a voice actor, unfortunately. I can't do, like... Like, you tell me to do an accent, I probably can't do it. <laughs> You vaguely Russian. Oh. That's pretty much it. I won't ask you to do it now. Va- Maybe vaguely later. Vaguely European. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, European it's like, is like everything. Like yeah. as long as you do something other than American, you can yeah. kind of establish some kind of European. Yeah. I'm, you know, like vaguely Southern because I grew up in a hick town. Mm-hmm. And I can say it's a hick town because I grew up in a hick town. Mm-hmm. If anyone comes at me, I will fight you. With a battle axe. Yes. Um, my friend says I'm not allowed to fight people anymore because I'm too strong for my own good. <laughs> like, I broke I broke one of my other friend's dog tags. Oh, like, dear. Whack! My dog tags! Sorry. Strength plus four. Something like that. <laughs> Something to that effect. So, so how did the Shakespeare thing come along? So you said your mom got you into Yeah, it. so... My mother, God bless that woman. Um, she could, she can do whatever she wanted, and um, everyone in her life would support her because she's amazing. Um, <laughs> so my dad went, and so I'm from North North Seattle, North North Washington. Mm-hmm. But my dad drew to Seattle, drove to Seattle for work, um, and so he was gone pretty much, you know, Monday through Friday in the week. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of time with my mom growing up because uh, she was a stay-at-home mom. Um, and I was that kid who wanted to go to school because I wanted to be like my older brother who was super cool at the time and is no longer cool because mm. <laughs> a little sister. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and so I would I, – I, I just wanted to like learn things and, you know, like – I just wanted to immerse myself mm-hmm. in, like, learning. Yeah. Um, and I loved reading and writing. English was my favorite subject, and it's still one of my favorite subjects. Um, and so my mom's like, oh, I'll, she, like, introduced me to, like, the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, one of my first, like, long, long books that she would help me read through. And then it was, like, the Narnia Chronicles. And then... When I, I don't even remember, I think when I say like late elementary school, maybe early middle school, like sixth grade or something like that, she's like, here, you can, you can read this. And it was the Lord of the Rings. Now I had watched the extended edition when I was younger, obviously skipping over like Shelob and 
Mm-hmm. All the scary bits. <gasps> like Gollum's backstory. Holy cow. Yeah. Every time I watch that, I'm like, I can see why you skipped this because like it's not really that relevant to the plot. Yeah. Like you can just leave that scene out and we'd be we'd be cool, fam. Um nah, they have to. It's put it. so weird. It's so weird. But it's backstory. Yeah. I guess. But I'd rather learn the backstory of like the Ents than Gollum. Eh. I don't know. Walking trees are pretty cool. Yeah, it's true. And then, how all the you know, like, yeah, disappear. Yeah, like that's. I want to know about that. Like, what happened, man? I think deforestation. That was made to, I think that was made to be, uh, kind of like a mystery. Oh yeah, for sure. Because there's n- there's no answers for that. For sure. It's They're just like, oh yeah, they yeah. disappeared. Like, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Tolkien would know. He just didn't. Oh want to no, share yeah. Because that man is known for world building. Um, he built uh, an entire language. Uh, who who wrote Narnia? I'm blanking on his name. C.S. Lewis. Yes, C.S. Lewis. Um, I saw a meme a while ago, mm-hmm. and you'd probably appreciate it. Oh. But um, ah, I can't remember exactly how it goes. But Tolkien says, "No, um, you're not allowed to." Um, ah, I'm blanking on the word. Not subliminal, but like. Where you have like a like a meaningful story, but without actually saying what the story is about. Yes. Um, like, I see now the words are scaring me too. Um, uh, anyways, he's like, no, you can't. You make, can't do that. He's like, no, you can't do that. You have to be like subliminal. Like you have to like um, not say that. And then <laughs> C.S. Lewis is like, ha ha, Aslan died. Comes back, ha ha. But he was like very oh, like. Oh, 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 oh. Um, uh, dang it, I just had it. Anyway, keep I going. know, I keep know. Going, keep but, going. But, but that was like the joke. It was like, it was like Tolkien was so subliminal that like people would. So subtle. So subtle. So subtle. In like, in like his, his worldview and all that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. So that like it created a story, but it wasn't, it was very difficult. Not difficult. But it took some time to yeah. really uncover what he was going for. Yeah. Meanwhile, C.S. Lewis was just straight up. Jesus. Nope. Here we go. <laughs> Aslan is Jesus. Fight me. Yeah, basically. So that was, it was just like, that was just the funny. Allegory. The word you're looking for is an allegory. Ah, yeah. He's like, no, you can't be. You have to be subliminal in your allegories. Like, you can't be like that allegorical. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, watch me. <laughs> Fight me. I will throw hands with you. Come on, mate. Um, yeah. And <laughs> sorry, that was a rabbit trail. But going no, back good, to uh, the Shakespeare thing, because that, that is. Is that where we started? Well, yeah, talking about right, uh, Shakespeare right, right, and right. your mom, how uh, she could yeah. do anything and everybody would support yes. her. Yes. Um, my mom, the amazing, amazing role model in my life. Um, I just sing my mom's praises for an hour. <laughs> It's just because she's going to listen to this podcast, probably? No! Wow. Not at all. Because if I would do that, I'd also do my dad. Love you, dad. (laughs) (laughs) No, so, um, yeah, so, (laughs) I totally forgot where my train of thought was going with that. Shakespeare. 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 So, yeah. So, kind of going back to the, the theater kid thing. Back in the third grade. That was the earliest anyone could do, like, theater mm-hmm. at my school. And my first play was A Midsummer's Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a kid version of the, the the play, because if you've ever read the actual play, there is 
there is stuff happening in that play that is not entirely kid-friendly, i.e. anything with uh, Titania and Donkey Man. Huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> donkey, donkey Man. Um, not, not entirely subtle, Shakespeare is. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. I remember we, we had to actually like read through the books in middle mm-hmm. school. And like there was straight up Sharpie through like a whole paragraph. Yeah. And you're just Never like. Never read. What is it? One of Shakespeare's plays is like just the darkest thing you will ever read. I couldn't remember. Uh, it's going to hit me in like 2 a.m. I want to say something, but it's specifically because I can't remember anything about it. Beowulf. Beowulf is not Shakespeare. Why did I just think it was? Because it is older English, even though technically Shakespeare is modern English, ah. which is why we can understand it still. I don't know why um, that, that name just came to me, and I was Beowulf like, Beowulf is Middle English, um, and we don't actually know the author. I apologize. You're fine. I just, I just blurted out like an old old story and I was <laughs> like, like yeah, we have to there. translate Beowulf be, to be able to read it we don't have to tra- I mean like we do have to sort of translate Shakespeare but like we can read Shakespeare without the translations okay yeah um Beowulf you need like a hardcore like Rosetta Stone <laughs> translation because <laughs> yeah. it's a different type of English yeah 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 um and it's yeah different type of English so but going back to Shakespeare so that's like I stood that that kind of like planted the seed of like ah Shakespeare um, in my child brain at the mere age of however I old however old I was when I was in the third grade hmm. I don't know time is weird um, and so like that that kind of started me down the rabbit trail and then it it didn't really kick up until I was in middle school. Um, middle school, I was, I was finally in, you know, like the big kids troop. Uh I was a middle schooler. I didn't know anything at the time. Um, and I, I got really excited because I was doing like full plays now. Um, and that summer I got really, really bored. Like, you know, the kind of bored we are just about ready to do chores. Where you're just about ready to start Shakespeare. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, I mean, yes, but no, I got paid. Okay. Mm. This started because I got paid. My mother, she would give us like weird tasks to, you know, and she'd be like, I will give you like a quarter for every ounce of blackberries you go and pick. And I'm like, okay. Cause I was a naive child who knew nothing <laughs> about the economy or my work ethic. But it's money. But money. Shiny quarter. If I saved up enough money, I can go to the honey bear and get gummy bears. Nice. Yeah. Local candy shops. Let's go. Um, and so I was really bored. And my mom gave me this book. And it was a book of Shakespeare's sonnets. Hmm. And she's like, I will give you a dollar for every sonnet you memorize. Huh. Over the entire summer. So I spent a solid three months of my life memorizing Shakespeare sonnets that I no longer have memorized. Don't ask me to recite anyone, any any one of them. Um, How long is a sonnet? A sonnet is anywhere between ten to twenty lines. Kind of yeah. depends. Yeah, yeah. So the average is around fifteen. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. It's like a, you know, standard poem. Yeah, yeah. But, like, romantic in nature rather than, you know, huh. musing about life and existence via a flame and a moth. I, I'm, I don't remember if it either slipped my mind or hmm. I just didn't really realize that he was much of, like, very much into sonnets. Oh, no, he's got... Way more sonnets. I want to say like 150 sonnets. To be fair, sonnets are a lot less work than plays. So, so your uh, so your uh, wage gap was uh, your wage cap was 150 bucks approximately. Yes, I did not do that. Nope. I got about five. Wow. Which is considering I was in middle school, a lot. Not bad. I I got five dollars. That's five more than some people. Yeah, five dollars is five dollars. Hey. Exactly. Especially in middle school. Yeah. And that was enough to go and buy myself an ice cream and not just gummy bears. Wow. I know. Wow. I was not good at saving money back then. So do you think that was like a good thing for you? Like, do you think that yes. that, that was very positive? Yes, actually. Um, because not only, you know, like, was it, you know, instilling a motivation in mm-hmm. me and rekindling that desire and love to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting cultured via Shakespeare. I think everyone should, you know, read at least one Shakespeare play and like truly analyze it. Mm. Um, you know, like either for school or, you know, just in your own time. I think there's something to be said about taking an older piece of literature um, and analyzing it like you would, you know, any other piece of media. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I, I, I spent my summer, and that was not the only thing I did in my summer. Okay? I'm not that <laughs> lame. I'm lame, but I'm not that lame. I did other things, like throw pebbles at my siblings, <laughs> as all kids do. Of course, of course. Yes. Um, but, you know, I was, I was getting motivation to learn. I was being cultured on, like, older pieces of literature that would eventually come in handy. Um, in my high school career, as we also read other Shakespeare plays in my AP English class. Um, thanks, Miss Ask. Um, I'm just name dropping. Let's go. Of course. Yeah. No, Perfect. I gotta call out. I gotta call out all the amazing people in my life. Um, and so I, I was really in, so part of memorizing, like a good memorization, is not just like repeating the lines over and over and over again until you get it Mm -hmm. but truly understanding what is being said Mm -hmm. um so you look at like henry v and you know the opening monologue oh for me is a fire um and you have to like go okay so what is the chorus saying here what what it what is being set up because it's the opening prologue monologue um and so it's giving us backstory and so you go through and you read this entire this entire monologue and you're like, okay, so the, the chorus is this like entity outside of the plot that is essentially a narrator to us. It is essentially translating what is happening, what we are seeing to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's they're explaining, okay, so King Henry is young, he is new to the English throne, and he is not going to take anything from anyone. Um, but there's this war brewing with France and plot twist, you know, we have a war between Henry and the king of France about who, the claim to the English throne. And so they're giving us like this, like, here's the backstory. Here's everything, you know, the too long didn't read 
of the you know prequels essentially mm-hmm. <laughs> to what you're about to watch. And so you have to do that with like pretty much any Shakespeare if you if you want to look at it academically. So you have to go, okay, what is being said here? What is happening? Um, and with sonnets, it's not any different. With sonnets, a little easier because you kind of know the motivation already. It's it's you know a love, affection, lust, however you want to say it. And so you have this, okay, you have the motivation. Motivation is, I like you. I think you're good looking. I probably want to bang you. Like, you know, human, human thoughts. <laughs> trying really hard not to be crude about this. <laughs> well, there's I mean, only so many words in my, yeah. It was Shakespeare, somehow not as bad as Chaucer. Chaucer gave us bad language. Huh. And a lot of fart jokes. Huh. Yeah. Um, so going back to what I was saying, you know, you have to look at it like academically. And I think once you get that uh, skill of being able to look at a piece academically and being able to go, okay, this is what this is saying. This is referencing that, you know, well, what is, if, if A references B, what is B? And then you go and you research what B is. And you're like, oh, okay, so now I have an understanding of what B is and why it's being referenced in literature A. Mm-hmm. And from that, you're like, okay, so this is what's happening. This is the scene that is being set. And it really gives you an understanding into the human mind and like how people are motivated. And it's interesting. Um you know, to see that and then take that and go into middle school (laughs) (laughs) because middle schoolers are really weird and they think weird things. And so me, the massive nerd I am, I went into middle school and I'm like, oh, I see it happening in real life. Yeah. This is not good. (laughs) What are a bunch of 12 year olds doing with their lives? Yeah. Why? Yep, that was a weird phase in everybody's life. For sure. I spent that phase reading Shakespeare. Hey. Hey. Um, so what do you think we can get out of old literature uh, opposed from new? Well, I think both are important to analyze. I think new literature, you know, more modern literature, you think of more modern literature, you think of like 1984, Brave New World, the Star Wars trilogy, you know, like you think of like, Pieces a lot of people have consumed. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important because it's it's a statement to our generation. It's a statement to our time and, you know, the society we live in. And there's a lot of motivations that we have that is conveyed through our media and that would never be, you know, understood by, like, future generations or future archaeologists if we had not made and consume that that media so much hmm. like star wars is such an iconic piece of media in our in our society nowadays you right mm-hmm. okay, yeah we have the mandalorian we have the prequels the originals and the sequels right oh we don't talk about those okay well i'm just saying <laughs> no, that they I, exist into yeah. the world yeah 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 um, and we've got, you know, that obi-wan kenobi show that's coming up opposed supposedly yeah. i'm really it was announced it. last night I, I don't know. I don't really look at my phone. But yeah. yeah. So, so you, you see, yeah. you, you can see like, exactly. we as a society like this piece of media. And so we're going to, you know, use this media to express complicated thoughts and emotions. Uh-huh. 
And it's the same principle for, you know, older pieces of media, mm-hmm. you know, like Chaucer and Beowulf and, you know, like old interpretations of the Bible, like the Greek and Hebrew Bible, um, you know, Greek and Roman mythology, you know, like the whole, all of that, you know, that's, those, those are staples to that time because what, what was so important to the society is what has survived. So we see, you know, obviously, you know, the mythology to the Greco-Roman people was really important. So we have myths of the the Greek gods of Aphrodite and of Zeus and Poseidon and of the Trojan War. Like we can see, okay, these are important things. This the Odyssey, the Iliad, like these were important stories that the people told. Um and what it, what is being said in these stories? What is the what are the emotions and the thoughts about society that are being told through these stories? And what can we ascertain from it? Um, and that's really important because it's how we understand the people, our ancestors, and then go, okay. So if our ancestors thought about X Y Z, how does that relate to us? What is what do we what what has changed between then and now that changed our perception of this? Well, maybe it's science. Maybe it's you know, advances in, you know, medicine. Like at one point we thought bloodletting was really good. And now we know, well, that's probably shouldn't stick leeches on your arm. Yep. Um, And we probably shouldn't, you know, amputate people unless it is absolutely necessary Mm -hmm. because we have like medicine and like penicillin and like vaccines and all these amazing modern medicines. But it's important to understand, okay, well, why, why did, why did, you know, doctors of old say you got a bloodlet? Well, because they didn't have anything else at the time. Yeah. You know, it's important to, to understand the context of things that are happening and not just condemn people of the past without knowing the full story. Yeah. And you wouldn't do that in modern society. You wouldn't condemn people without knowing the entire story. You might have an, an initial gut reaction of, oh, this person's a jerk. I don't want to talk to them. But, you know, yeah, they might have like jerk actions but why are they acting like that it's important to know drama yes we live it we do um so i i think it's important uh for people to understand exactly what analysis entails oh fun the english teacher in me is coming out Yes, I'm just going to cough all over your mic. So, like, basically, like, the purpose for analysis. Why should we not only try to understand exactly what is being said, but also, like, how and why we can, like, apply it? So, I am not an expert. I just want to preface this. I am not an expert. Oh, well, then, I guess we got to wrap this up. Oh, man. Okay, I'll see you next week. Um... No, so I'm I'm not I'm certainly not an expert on the matter, and there's people way more educated than me who have degrees in this who are much yeah, smarter than me. But um, what the average person can do, who is not a massive nerd like me, um, you know, it's important to understand. You know, going back to like AP, like English stuff. You know, like what is what is the tone? Is it sarcastic? Is it elated? You know. Mm-hmm. What, what emotion is being conveyed through the text? Yeah. Why is that emotion being conveyed in the text? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're talking, like, if this, if this poem about, you know, this person watching a, a flame on the candle on their desk 
slowly melt the candle. And there, it's a very somber tone and it's very depressing. Why is it so depressing? What about a candle is depressing? Well, maybe they're musing about, you know, the frailty of life and how mortal they are. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a depressing thought. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you're going to make the analysis that like we are a candle, our lifespan is like this candle. And then from the moment we are born, we have a light that's like turned on and we're all lit candle and our, our, our life is just dripping away like wax. Like that's kind of a depressing thought. Mm-hmm. Like, because we, we look at candles, and candles go by in a couple hours. Yeah. That's short. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have, like, a really short attention span. Mm-hmm. Then it's a long time. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, you got you to gotta know what the tone is. You got to know why it's what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the end goal is why. Why anything? Why life? Um is usually the question that's being asked, why life? But sometimes what you're you're analyzing is an ode to someone. So you very famous poem, Oh Captain, My Captain. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've heard of it, yeah? Uh yeah. So that is a tribute to Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. Yeah. So this, Shakespeare did not write that. No. <laughs> Shakespeare didn't write that. Really? I, th- I thought he did. No, surprisingly, Abraham Lincoln and Shakespeare did not live in the same time period. What? I know. Wow. History is weird. Um, but so you look at like, oh, Captain, my Captain, and it's telling about, you know, this essentially this sailor who's giving ode to his captain who went down with his ship, who fought every the good fight and was eventually killed. But he he fought for everything for what he believed in. And it's a, it's an ode to Abraham Lincoln because, you know, Lincoln was assassinated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's referencing all the good that Lincoln did with the Emancipation Proclamation um, and every, all, the, all the things that he did for America and how he was not a perfect person, but did everything he could. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's this idea of, you got to know why. If you know why, then it, it, you understand humans just a little bit better. And that's, it's a very important idea of understanding and connecting with other people. Yeah. And so, um, given that there has been literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions or tens of millions over, over the years yeah. of people that have analyzed and studied and researched, um, Shakespeare and his works. Yes. Um, it's very safe to say that 99.999% of the people that are going to be analyzing and be doing this kind of research is not for other people. No. Um, you're not going to be doing this for, oh, I think there's an extra meaning, like like a brand new movie that came out. Maybe there's like a hidden movie or yeah. a, a hidden motive or something like that. Yeah. And then you could be like revealing that. Well, over the years and stuff like that, it's like that, that it's nearly if very close to impossible. Yeah. So when you analyze, uh, from what I understand, is you're doing it for yourself, for yeah. recognizing your own emotions and how they connect with others yeah. and those kind of things. Um, and the reason why it's more important is because, like you said, since it's like gone through the evolution of time yeah. where things have died off like and, and that this has still prospered, yeah. there has to be some kind of human... Um, mm-hmm. 
certainty mm -hmm. like in like it's almost like factual at this well, point well you think about you know like fast forward 100 years 200 years even a thousand years what media do you think is going to survive of our generation tiktok probably no i'm just kidding <laughs> you know i hope not vine vine no, no. <laughs> rip vine <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no you think about it and like it's kind of a rhetorical question what 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 yeah. about us is so important that's going to survive mm -hmm. that the generations ahead of us is going to pick up and go, oh yeah, Gen Z, millennials, you know, like they were known for such TikTok or yeah, whatever. Insert, you know, sad car salesman meme. Twenty twenty. Oh, too real. <laughs> we have like half a month left. Can you believe it? <sighs> Get it over with. Uh, there, there's like 90% of the people that just say, get it over with. And then the 10% of the people are just like scared to death that 2021 is going to be worse. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it's a, it's a, it's a bit more 50-50 in that regard. But yeah. regardless. I don't know. I just want to take a nap. I think everybody does. I think everybody's just like numb to it to the point oh, where they're sure. just like, I'm just going to, my little bubble, like I'm just going to take a nap. Oh, yeah. Forget it. Eat Which a is a, a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. Um, pros and cons. Yes. But yeah, like the fact that Shakespeare has survived through yeah. generations yeah. upon generations, there has to be like factual truth to it. Not yeah. not factual, but like almost like well, so many people have connected over the years that it's yeah. almost and impossible to And what's really interesting um, is Shakespeare was different from other playwrights playwrights at the time. Mm -hmm. So back in ye olden days, England, <laughs> at the dawn of time, when dinosaurs still roamed the earth. Um, yes. Yes. Um, it was very uncommon to make multiple copies of your play. Huh. It was very uncommon to... Like, like in written form. Written form. Huh. Because everything was handwritten. Yeah. And so it's a lot to write one copy of the play by hand. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to write full copies for all of your actors. Ooh. And it's another thing to make another copy after that for your director and another one after that to publish. Shakespeare was known for publishing his plays. All other playwrights at the time did not publish their plays. That was a very unheard of. Yeah. Because stealing ideas was super common practice. It was. And so publishing your plays is essentially saying, hey, that's mine. And that was kind of frowned upon. In a year where, in, in like a, a time where everybody was basically like sharing. Yeah, well, involuntarily sharing, but yeah. sharing nonetheless. There, it Can't was like remember. a bunch of drama. And yeah. basically he was just like, I'm not dealing with it. Well, I mean, Shakespeare dealt with his own drama. Yeah, obviously. Um, but he published his plays and he made multiple copies and it's one of the reasons we have so many of his plays today is because we have multiple copies of his plays. Mm. Pieces that were, you know, like we have act one, scene three of Romeo and Juliet over here. And in a different piece of liter like paper entirely, we have act four, scene three over here. Yeah. So like regardless of being a Shakespeare fan or not, but like put your biasness aside yes. just, for, just for a brief second. Okay. But. Um, so it's almost without a doubt, like it's almost fact, maybe, maybe, uh, this is just my own opinion, Yeah. but it's, it's probably very close to fact that there has been 
like quote unquote the best play ever that is superior to Shakespeare, oh. but was never published. That is entirely possible. Hmm. It's completely, you know. If they didn't prioritize the publishing and were more in the moment and would rather have a live audience than have it in written form. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Like, interesting. we've all got, like, our favorite pieces of, like, niche media, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's because it's so niche, like, it's entirely possible it will not survive to the next generation or the generation after that or yeah. 400 years in the future, mm-hmm. you know? Probably no one's ever heard of it. Or if they have, it's just a blip on the radar. Yeah. Um, it is the things that are repeated and gone over, over and over and over again, like the Star Wars films, mm-hmm. that is going to be known. Yeah. So the reason, you know, we've got Shakespeare. Shakespeare was done over and over and over and over again. Yeah. We've got copies upon copies upon copies. Yeah. Because he was like, I want this to survive. Also, flooding and fires were super common in the theaters those days. So, like, common sense dictates maybe if you want your work to survive, maybe make a couple copies of it. Yeah. You know? Um, we uh we were in London and we Jealous. went we went down down the river and we found that we we saw I think it was the River Thames. Thames. Um, Thames. Me, 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 me. Near no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what we've been talking. I know, about. I know, I know. Um, and we saw the um, I believe it was either restored or it was a replica. I believe it was a replica build mm-hmm. of the Globe Theater. Ooh. Uh, and it was on like on the the edge of the river. Yeah. Um, it has an open ceiling. Yes. So it has an open middle section of the ceiling. Is yeah. just a big hole. And that's where the stage is. And the stage is in the mm-hmm. middle of the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody sits around and looks in. And I believe there's several entrances so that yes. people can walk in from any part, like onto stage from any mm-hmm. direction. Um, and that was where they did uh, the Shakespeare plays. Yes. Um, if not there, that's the quote unquote accurate depiction of what it would have been. Yeah. And they do 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. They do plays Ooh. no matter the weather. Fun. So they'll be in full costume. Yeah. In like rain Commitment. or sleet, like like snow. Commitment. And they're just in their costumes. Yeah. Doing full out yeah. plays just with an open roof. And so yeah. when you mentioned flooding, I, I would probably assume that flooding, it was fires, fairly common. The plague. Ah, that's nobody cares about that. Yeah, no, nobody in 2020 has ever experienced no, a plague before. Never. No. It is actually funny. There was a meme where people were like, um, like, oh, this is the worst thing in history, the worst year in history. And then everybody from like the years of the plague were like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> uh if Pharaoh would like your number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pharaoh wants to know your location. Uh, excuse me. I'd rather have like an invisible one than like a bunch of locusts, like. Yeah, like, but I don't hey. want frogs and boils. Boils, no. Frogs, maybe. I'm not a frog person. I'm not a frog person, but like a sea of frogs, it'd be cool to see once. Maybe yeah. once in your life. From the top of the building. Far away. Maybe, far, probably far away. Probably in a plane. Just looking yeah. down. 
Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's a sea of frogs. Sucks to be those. Those people. I wouldn't want to be those people. <laughs> but, um. Time travel is inventive. You just go back and watch exactly. the plagues. But, yeah. And so, like, it's. I think that's what's so cool, so interesting that I'm kind of realizing about Shakespeare is uh-huh. um, yes, is that it is side. so personal. Yeah. Um, and that the fact that even though there are tons of people that are still very passionate about Shakespeare and about yeah. listening to it, reading it, yeah. like saying it, I mean, like all this how stuff. many adaptations of Romeo and Juliet are there? Oh, a million. Plenty. It's too many, in my opinion. We need we need less of them. But like even then, like no matter what, like ever, like if there was ever new genres being popped up, there's gonna be an adaptation somewhere. Oh yeah, there's always gonna be like that story of young love or whatever. Yeah, but I guess it's because it's been so time tested, yeah, so peer reviewed. Oh, for sure. Like by millions, yeah, literally. Um, over centuries, mm-hmm. um, it's literally they they, it's kind of just one of those things where it's like so time tested. It's like mm-hmm. you almost like quote unquote you can't fail with it. Mm-hmm. Like granted, you can drive it into the ground if you yeah. oversaturate the exact same story. Yeah, but it's the it's the underlying meanings. It's like the underlying um, emotional drives yeah. and the desires and I different things that that when make you it Shakespeare the the human connection in a story that's when people start losing mm. like all connection to it because we read media and we read you know and we watch movies <clears throat> for that that story of human connection mm-hmm. you know going back to like lord of the rings like a lot of people really like lord of the rings because there is that sense of like i can do it yeah. Yeah, there's these like great like speeches like Aragorn like with the armies of Gondor and Rohan before the Black Gate fighting to, you know, like draw the eye of Sauron um away from Frodo and Sam as they're trying to, you know, take the ring spoilers. Yeah. Um, <gasps> take the ring up to Mount no! Doom. Um and he gives this speech about like a day will come when, you know, man is no more, you know, a day will come when uh, this is the year of shattered shields. I don't exactly remember how it goes. Mm-hmm. But he, he ends the speech with going, it is not this day. This day we fight. This day we are together. We are man. We are, let them, let's show them what we're made of. Like, let's go. Let's fight. Mm-hmm. Like, for all we hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand men of the West. Like, it just, it goosebumps. <sighs> yeah, you get like, you're like, you're sitting there watching it. And you're like, yeah, I can go yeah. fight someone. Let's Woo. go. You get the adrenaline pumping. Rip his pumping. head off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, we, we love these stories because we have such an, an emotional reaction to them. And if yeah. humans aren't emotional, I don't know what they are. So I guess it's less people are passionate with Shakespeare, but they're more passionate of an avenue to express their own emotions. Yes. So that is why, uh, it, it's it's like, it's what comes to mind um, is one of my favorite musicians, because mm-hmm. he's like, quote unquote, genius, mm-hmm. um, Jacob Collier. Oh yeah. Like, way, like these musicians, they're mind blown by other musicians mm-hmm. and other people's, adaptations yes. and reactions and yes. perceptions of things and why they are supposed to be the way they are. Yeah. Um, and so 
and they will never ever stop loving and appreciating yes. different views and different styles yeah. and adaptations. And so I guess it's less of the reason why like, um, oh, happy, sad. Yeah. But it's more, oh, I feel this kind of emotion through that kind of I experience. I can connect to you because you understand me. Yeah. And in this cruel and unforgiving world, we can have this little spark of joy that we feel when we interact. Yeah. And so like, that's why like for musicians and things, that's why they love that's music. Why people love music so much. Yeah. Because it's so personable to them. Yeah. And so that they can experience and like yeah. find these new emotions, new feelings. New ways to express And themselves. new ways to express themselves. So it's, it's, so Shakespeare in and of itself is a time tested, repeated over and over for, yeah. for generations. Yeah. Stories that were, that are that, that are new emotions yeah. to people and like understanding and diving into these emotions. It's, it's, it's done like very well enough. Yeah. And, um, to the point where like you can just very easily just slide right yeah. into it and, and, and a understand. lot of people you know like we we live in a society where we have this this information at our fingertips thankfully mm -hmm. um but like most people have you know know the story of romeo and juliet or i've heard part of the famous soliloquy in hamlet you know mm -hmm. to be or not to be that is the question whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or so on and so forth mm -hmm. um wherefore art thou romeo to refuse thy father and deny thy name. What's in a name? <laughs> if that will not be swum, my love, then I will no longer be a Capulet. <laughs> um, but, you know, people, like, have this, like, reaction to, you know, what is being said. Like, Hamlet, super depressing play. Yeah. Super depressing. Yeah. But people can connect to that because, you know, Hamlet's got every right to be mad. Like, his uncle killed his father. Spoilers. Killed his father and then married his mom. Yeah. It's like, oof. Yeah, big oof. Like, he's got, he's, you know, he's got every right to be, like, real mad at yeah. everything at life. It's definitely not but a But instead, comedy. he's just depressed and needs a hug. Yeah. And instead, a bunch of people die. And there are pirates. Yeah. But it's not the fact that he's trying to... Um, like, quote unquote, like murder no Hamlet as a character, like murder yeah. him mentally as yeah. a character. It's he's trying to draw Express people that into emotion. his emotions. He's trying to he's trying to say, I have these feelings and I don't know where else to put them. I'm going to pour them into this piece of media that I know and that I've worked on. Yeah, and if people connect with it, then that is a testament to my ability yeah. to express mm -hmm. and to to articulate the thoughts that I have in my head. Because everyone's got thoughts in their head and they can't really articulate them. Yeah. Which is why we dra gravitate towards like media because we can go, that, that is how I feel. That is that is what the little voice in the back of my mind says at 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, you know, they said, what, what, is, what, is, what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? What is the point of me being here? Yeah. And you can go, oh, that, I understand that, I feel that, I can connect with that on mm -hmm. an emotional and deep personal level. Yeah. And I think it's so important to not only do that with modern media, but like older pieces of literature, because there's a reason it was, just, like, we, we a, still have it. Yeah, it's a reason why it survived. Oh, yeah. Survival of the fittest. 
something to that effect. In, yes. in media terms. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, it, granted, because it's old and it, you said it wasn't old English. What was it? It's technically a modern English. Modern. But it's older to us because yeah, yeah, language yeah. evolves so rapidly. Yeah. But because of that, um, because it's more difficult to understand yeah. than quote unquote our English. Yes. Um, and this may not be as applicable, but yeah. well, I'm, uh, I'm coming to the fact that like not necessarily, um, basically what I'm saying is that some people like reading they enjoy mm -hmm. reading and yes. they would prefer to read. Yes. However, there is so much more emotion and drive if you were actually in that in the Globe Theater. Yes. And with those people and seeing yes. the contortion of pain and anguish on their face. Yes. Like there is like a, like a like a, an extra amplification of emotion yes. that can be felt. Atmosphere plays someone. a big role yeah. in in conveying emotion. Yeah. And so like granite it may not be the best to understand, mm -hmm. but if any was anybody was able to see it in play form, oh, like yeah, and we've got movies of yeah. oh yeah, tons. Like if anyone wants like really good Shakespearean adaptions that are as accurate to the play and is like really good, any movie that has been directed or has Kenneth Branagh acting in it as like a Shakespeare play is super good like much ado about nothing mm -hmm. hamlet um he's got a couple others he might have a romeo and Juliet. i don't remember off the top of my head kenneth branagh have you seen the harry potter films uh yeah so in the second film the defense against the dark arts teacher professor lockhart or whatever his name is <laughs> so the guy the, the 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 professor against the dark arts in the second harry potter movie that is kenneth branagh oh he plays a buffoon but he is a genius when it comes to Shakespeare. Wow. So, yeah. Highly recommend him. Very cool. Um, one of my favorite directors of all time. Hmm, very cool. Yes. But yeah, uh, my family and stuff, we've been into plays mm -hmm. and things like that over, over the years. Yeah. Um, even just like kids' plays and then yeah. eventually growing and Adult um, going to Wicked. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't. And stuff Wicked. like that. Like super so cool. Expensive. Um. <laughs> well, funny story. When we were in London, um, during so that times. time, when we were in London, <laughs> uh, we went to go see Stomp. Ooh. And on our way to Stomp, we were going by like all of the theatrical area yeah. stuff. And we literally saw like, I think it was like a three-story tall, all the way down the building, like the longest what? billboard I've ever seen. And it was like the glitter, like panels or whatever. Oh, but my it was goodness. Wicked. And I think it was the, the debut of Wicked in London. But it was huge. It was what? massive. And it was like the biggest thing ever. And we saw like posters of it everywhere and stuff like that. Well, my family, we didn't know what it was about. <laughs> and um, at the time, because this is back in 2012. At the dawn so, of time. So at the dawn of time, when dinosaurs, dinosaurs roamed the earth. the earth in England specifically. Yes. Um, and like we, were, we saw it and it was actually really funny because, I mean, we're still kids. Yeah. And so my mom was like, it's the Wizard of Oz. No, we had no idea. So oh. my mom just sees Wicked and she goes, <gasps> like, that's not a good play. And Kayla, Kayla, my older sister, uh -huh. she was like, no, no, no. I heard like so many cool things about it. Yeah. It's about Wizard of Oz. But my mom was like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> no, it, it looks bad. And we're like, 
Okay, fine. It's about a witch. And then come to find out that they eventually go twice. And so they've been <laughs> twice. Hypocrite. And I was like, hey. But yeah, I went once and very cool. Was but it yeah, any but, good? Oh, yeah. It was great. Nice. It was super cool. Knowing also, I think that's something that's very fun about plays as well, especially mm-hmm. new and modern adaptations and oh, plays yeah. and stuff like that, is that there's no something that you lose with the the movie industry is yeah. um, spoilers. Yes. There are so many things. Basically, everybody in like theatrics, you go through and you yes. you go through the play, and unless you're like a cr- a critic, yes, and actually going through specific scenes and stuff like that, yes. nobody really talks about the play. It's literally nobody such- sitting in the audience with the script. No, literally everybody is sitting there enjoying and en- it. enveloping it, yeah. and like taking it on as such like a personal thing. Yeah. So that's why it's so cool, oh, and, and that's it's totally there for the actors too. Oh. Like, there's a certain there's a certain mindset you get as an actor mm-hmm. um, where it's just you, that character just becomes you take it a on. part of you. And and there's no, because and, and you're there's embodying no a this character so much. Yeah. There, there's no skipping a beat because literally you have to be every second on stage. You're that character. Yeah. It's not like a movie scene where you, you can't can just break like, character. okay, cut. Okay. Now go take a break. Yeah. Like, go, go eat and then come back and yeah. like do whatever you want. Like, um, on the film that we were just on over the weekend, um, I had never experienced it, but we were actually with, um, like quote unquote actors, actors and actresses. And my, our director actually told them, all right, uh, go ahead and take some alone time. Like you can go somewhere else and just get in character. Yes. And like, I was like, that's the first time that I had like witnessed that kind of experience. Cause I was like, cause I mean, it's, it's a given. Yeah. But I guess like there but getting is in character, a lot in There's it. a lot of different ways you can get in character. Mm-hmm. Like some people, um, like putting on the costume and the makeup helps people get in character because you're like seeing the mm-hmm. character. Some people have like a specific playlist that they have to get in character. Um, I personally like taking whatever the most, like whatever the most um, raw emotional line I can get uh-huh. from that character and just going, why? Just going back to that, why? Why are they feeling this? What is what's going on in the scene? What is the, what is the motivation? Why is this person feeling, you know, so heartbroken? Yeah. And going, okay, so wh- how would I react if I was in this situation? If, like, say it's this character who is who's been holding strong for so long and they just found out that their mother passed away. Mm-hmm. How would I react if I was told like, I'm having like a day. It's like, you know, I'm just going about my day and I get like this phone call and it's my dad. And he's like, I'm so sorry, sweetie. Like your mom passed away in a car accident. I would break. Yeah. Like, cause I have such a great relationship with my mom. I would just bre- like, I'm, I'm getting choked up thinking about yeah. it. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, there's so many different ways to like, get in character because you're embodying a completely different person than yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's really interesting because there's also a massive psychological effect that it has on you if you carry those characters with you. Yeah. Especially if you play the villain. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think when most people associate, oh, they're a Shakespeare fan. Like, I think that the first thing they imagine is kind of more or less the um, the actual acting of it. Yes. Like, they, like some people, I, I know for a the fact. The frilled collars. I know for a fact that people, like, look at it 
and go, Pantaloons. you cannot, you cannot unironically love Shakespeare and not be like fully invested in oh, the plays yeah. and stuff like that. And so, um, like, how can you be a quote unquote Shakespeare fan? Um, yeah, how can you be a Shakespeare fan without having to the intimidation factor of literally having having to script, like like memorize all the scripts, dress exactly the same. So you don't have to memorize anything to enjoy. So like, I'll I'll, I'll pose I'll I'll answer your question with a question. Okay. So, you what's what's a piece of media you enjoy? Nah. Anything. Movies. Okay. So let's take, I'm looking at the Pizza Planet shirt you have yeah. on. It's a really great shirt. Thank you. So let's take, you know, Toy Story. Do you mm-hmm. enjoy Toy Story? I do enjoy Toy Story. Do you have the entire script of Toy Story memorized? Absolutely. You do? No. You, okay. No, <laughs> do you dress like, you know, Andy or Woody or Buzz Lightyear? No. No. Do you still enjoy that piece of media? Absolutely. It is the exact same principle. Mm-hmm. You can enjoy Shakespeare without having it memorized, Mm -hmm. without, you know, um, sorry, (laughs) without, you know, dressing like, you know, I don't know, Queen Titania of the fairies and Midsummer's Night Dream, you know, you don't have to dress like them, you don't have to speak like them, you don't have to act like them, but you can appreciate it, Uh just like you can any other piece of media. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I mean, I understand the intimidation behind it because it is, you know, Shakespeare. Like, yeah. that's a name drop. Oh. Like, ho, ho, ho. Look oh, at you, oh, fancy oh. pants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, once you kind of get over that, you know, little hump of going, it's Shakespeare. Like, everyone knows Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, and you get over that, you're, you're that, uh, that intimidation factor. You're like, it's just a bunch of dorks running around in tights on a stage (laughs) like like let's take okay hamlet okay there is the famous duo of rosencrantz and guildenstern oh yeah rosencrantz (laughs) rosencrantz and guildenstern also an amazing film um rosencrantz and guildenstern are dead is a great comedy um it's highly recommended but rosencrantz and guildenstern is the comedic relief of of shakespeare's hamlet because there he's it's Hamlet's two buddies from you know like college who are always you know out partying and drinking and making like the maybe we shouldn't make those jokes in this environment jokes <laughs> yeah 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 you yeah. know <laughs> and with Shakespeare it's like you know a lot of gay jokes you know because mm-hmm. Shakespeare yeah um and so we, you you can enjoy the that piece of media and go I like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They're funny. And move on with your life. Hmm. Like, it's like saying, yeah, I like, I like, like, I don't know. What's it? Like, I like Abbott and Costello. I like Rosen. I like, you know, Buzz Lightyear. Hmm. And what's another funny person? Um, I like Adam Sandler. Hmm. You know, it's, it's the same statement. Yeah. With just older characters. Yeah. And, and given the fact that there's been both tragedy and comedies yes. and so many characters and a vast array of yes. characters, you can basically say it's almost impossible for, for somebody yeah. to not associate with one or multiple yeah. characters. I mean, you could be that one, I don't remember his name, 
But you could be that one character from Merchant of Venice who's like the Jewish guy who's like the tax collector and is ripping everyone off. That is not a statement on Jews. It's just the character. Um, Got to preface these things nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can go, yeah, no, I get his motivation and move on with your life. Yeah. Like, you can go, yeah, no, I understand why Darth Vader did what he did. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Like you don't you don't need to add there's no but to that sentence. Yeah. It's just, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, emotion is emotion and the fact that you share emotions is not something to And uh, you don't even have to share emotions. You just have to go, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Empathy, I understand. Sympathy. Yeah, empathy, sympathy, whole nine yards. Yeah. There's like another one that I don't remember. Catastrophe. <laughs> Yeah, those are the three basic human states of being. <laughs> Emotion, uh, sympathy, empathy, and catastrophe. Like eight months of catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, so... Eleven and a on half. On that good note. And on that bombshell. On that bombshell. Um, yeah, very cool. Um, all right, now, in 20 seconds... Ooh, 20 seconds. Associate Shakespeare and Tolkien. 20 seconds to associate Shakespeare and Tolkien, other than my love of them both. Go for it. Okay. Uh, okay. Shakespeare and Tolkien, both very famous writers, uh-huh. uh, both very well known, different time periods, but they both um, uh, use their words um, and their characters to elicit such emotion that they have survived the generations and that uh, practically everyone in Western culture knows about them. And that's my thesis for my upcoming essay. I, I want uh, I want royalties. <laughs> Absolutely I need not. To be, I want I demand to be quoted on that one. Absolutely not. I, I need already, to be a source. I already recorded it, ah. and this is my recording. No way. <laughs> no way. I will sue you. Come at me. Well, I will. Um, Come at me, bro. Let's go. Um, right here, right now. I'm, I've never I've never <laughs> done I've never done that. And it was actually pretty funny because I was like, I was half expecting you to do it and half not. And I was like, I'm actually kind of curious how this would actually come about. I and mean, I could give a longer answer. answer. Nah, I think that's good. Maybe okay. maybe for another time. For, I, I mean, if you want me back on. Yeah. I'm, I'm more than welcome, uh, more than more than glad to come back on. This was fun. Absolutely. Thank you so much for yeah. joining. And thank you for randomly stepping up at, uh, you know, in public. That one time. I'm a random person who does random things. Everybody is. Yeah. People just think that they're more purposeful than others. Nah. Nah. It's all nah. just random. Like, what you doing here? <laughs> I don't know. What you doing here? <laughs> it's like when you see a friend you haven't seen in five years and they're like just a little bit older and you're like, eh. do I know you? Oh, I do know you. Why do you look like that? Or what's worse is it's like, why do I... How do, How do I, I know, know you? you? Yeah, that's terrible. That happens to me all High the time. Be like, <laughs> I remember faces very well. I I'm terrible with names. I'm bad at everything. I uh, just remember that's people's... almost better. That's I'm, almost better because you can just forget. Vibes. You can just forget people and then just like straight up be like, uh, "You'll have to remind me who you are." Yeah. Type of thing. Me, I'm like, "Oh no, I, I have know you," and so I have the guilt of being like. Oh, yeah, I, I straight up know you, but... See, no, I'm just dumb to forget things. Well, if you listen to the previous 
podcast. Well, a couple podcasts ago. I was going to say. Austin Rockwell. Yeah. We talk about how to memorize people's names. Yeah. I listened to that. Hey. And I was not very good at it. <laughs> it'll, it just comes with time. Yeah. Discipline. It's Discipline. important, man. Very much so. In anything like and everything you do. Discipline um, is like Shakespeare. So, um, just I just remember this. Um, would you suggest people start, if they wanted to like kind of appreciate, quote unquote, appreciate Shakespeare, do you think they should start with sonnets? No. Where do you think they should start? I think they should pick a play. And so, then just read it. Yes. <clears throat> so, okay, I'll, I, will, I will take you step by step through the process. Sounds good. So I will pick a play for you. Uh-oh. Yeah. No, we're doing this. So we will be, we will, we'll do, we'll, we'll do an easy one and we'll do Henry V. Okay. Okay. Henry V, very famous historical play that Shakespeare wrote. I was quoting it earlier. You know, oh, for a musifier. Mm-hmm. That, that whole play. Um, so let's say some, you, Shakespeare noob, came up to me yep. and was like, hey, Helen, Ish. I, um, I want to, I want to appreciate Shakespeare. I want to be a nerd like you. Where do I start? And I would go, oh, well, let's start you, you know, I would actually, I would ask you, do you want to, do you want to read a historical uh, tragedy or a comedy? Um, but let's just pretend you said historical because I've already picked the play. Ah, man. Yeah. No, you should have been quicker on the ball. <laughs> um, so you, you say, okay, well, let's do a historical because that's what nerdy people like is history. Of course. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, so this one's fun. It's about war. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, cool. I don't know anything about war. <laughs> well, then I would tell you to read uh, the, um, the Art of War. Um, that's a different mm-hmm. beast entirely. <clears throat> and so I would go, okay, so first thing I want you to do is I just want you to read it. Just one time through and just read it. And if you don't understand something, Google it. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand a word, if you don't understand a scene, Google it. There is a great, everyone knows Sparknotes, right? Mm-hmm. No Fear Shakespeare is on Sparknotes where it's like, okay, act one, scene one, what it says. Oh, yes, I remember and then that the modern, in Yeah, modern translation. So I would say, go read the play in both Shakespearean English, and then if you don't understand it in, in, in you know, the so, modern English so that we understand. Don't be intimidated by yeah. it. Yeah. So just, you know, that's like, you just got to read through it. That's like first step. You just gotta consume the media before you do anything about it and understand. Well, not that, not not understand like the concepts, but at least what you're reading. Understand what is happening. Yeah. Okay. You have to be comfortable with what is going on uh, in the plot and with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I would say to you, you know, you know, if you wanna talk about it, like, you know, shoot me a text. Like, I'm totally down to you know explain all the anchor. In, in the, the 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 finer points of Henry V to you, even though it's a pretty straightforward story. Um, and so then, once you have consumed the media, once you have read through the play at least once, then I'm like, okay, so now we're going to, you know, if you if you you're like, cool, that's I'm done. I've enjoyed it. I understand the plot. Like, moving on with my life. Mm-hmm. You could totally do that. You could go, I've read it, I understand what's going on, I enjoyed it or I didn't enjoy it, moving on. And you can go and do that same process with everything else that Shakespeare has written. Uh-huh. Or you could do 
um, essentially what I, what happened to me. And you could go, well, I want to, I want to know, I want to know more. I want to understand why. Yeah. And so then I would say, we'll go through scene by scene or pick a monologue or pick, you know, a character and just do an in-depth analysis of who they are, what is happening, what is being said. Go back to that No Fear Shakespeare and understand what is being said in the scene um, with this, you know, like prominent character. Why is, why is Henry acting like this? Why is... What, why, why, why does the, the king of France care anything about the English throne? Figure out the context of it. Yeah. And then I would say from there you have to go, okay, so Henry is upset in this scene because his wife um, can't speak English. Well, she speaks French and he speaks a little bit of French, but neither are fluent in each other's native languages. Um, and that's, that's an understandable emotion. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're both upset because they can't communicate in a language that they understand. Well, then how do they communicate the rest of the time? Why do they, how do, if, if Henry only speaks basic French and his wife, uh, Lady Catherine is learning how to speak English, how do they, how do they communicate when, you know, they're both way too tired and exhausted to, you know, speak a different language? Well, what, what, what do people do? They gesture things out. They reference, they're like, that jacket. And they would say, you know, jacket. And then you would say, I don't know what French word for jacket is. Jaqueta. <laughs> sure. No. Baguette. Baguette. Jaquette. Um, so, you know, and from, so you can either consume the piece of media and understand what is happening, basically. Or you can, you know, go in deeper and understand why. And figure out why Shakespeare wrote this, what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, on a deeper level. And that's kind of what actors do. Yeah. Is when they're in assigned uh, a role, they kind of have to do that, like, who is, the, who, who am I? Who is this character? You're like, that's not like a pretentious thing that actors do. It's just something you have to do to get your role right. Yeah. Um, it does sound pretentious, though. Mm-hmm. I'll admit. So there's, there's a couple different avenues you can go at um, to, you know not be intimidated by a piece of media and it it goes for anything not just shakespeare but if you want to like appreciate a piece of media you just got to have to you have to sit down and you have to consume the media yeah and you don't have to consume all of it you can go yeah i like shakespeare and you're like oh cool and what place have you read oh i've only read a midsummer's night dream Mm -hmm. okay cool so we can talk about a midsummer's night dream then because that's the play you get and you're not any less of a fan you're not you yeah, you're not any less of a fan because you've only consumed that. Mm-hmm. I understand more because I have read and consumed more, but that doesn't mean you're any less of a fan. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. It does make sense. Awesome. Um, this is your second chance. Um, uh, I'll read some. I'll read one. Yes. But um, which one? Comedy, history, or tragedy. Uh, do you want to cry? Do you want to laugh? Or do you want to, you know, sit through a history class? Let me think. Cool. Um, let's go. Which one do you think is easier? Or which Not one's a, a beginner tragedy. one? Beginner one. <laughs> Not tragedy. All right, we'll go comedy. Okay. So... 
I think tragedies aren't more difficult. I think they're just more complex. They are. Because it's it's a lot more complex to unpack a tragedy. Yeah. Like when 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 tragedy strikes your life, that's a lot of emotions you're feeling. Yeah, it really is. Um, not and to say that comedies don't have a lot of emotions; mm-hmm. they're just easier to comprehend. Yeah. Because in comedies, you ha ha. Okay, next topic. Ha ha, funny. Moving on. Yeah, um, basically, tragedy. You can't just do that. Go back. I mean, it is if you're Hamlet and you brush over the pirate scene entirely. Yes, there are pirates in Hamlet. Yeah. It's it's like a it's like a footnote. Like that's how much happens in Hamlet. Like pirates, an entire scene with pirates is a footnote. Uh yeah, by the way, there's an atomic bomb and then we're yeah, just going to pass that and then just go straight to the other scene. Yeah, pretty much. Um comedy. Tr- okay, comedy, comedy, comedy. I'm not going to say Romeo and Juliet. Nope. Um, cuz that's not a comedy. It is. It is. Uh, debatably. It's debatably a comedy. Technically, okay, technically it's a tragedy, but I think it's a comedy. Because it's a telling the story of dumb young love. And I think that's... Yeah, it's true. It doesn't... Comedy doesn't have to be funny. Um, It just has to, you know, not be depressing. And some people find that depressing. But I think, I think it's a ro- tangent. Romeo and Juliet is a commentary on young love and how dumb it can be. Yeah. It's an exaggeration well, of young love. And I think that's a, I think like most of Shakespeare's comedies, it's an exaggeration hmm. of a situation, most often love. Um, send that pictures. Um, and so, sorry, my friend's taking pictures. <laughs> um, do you think there are, there is any other examples of that comedy it- to tragedy, tragedy or tragedy to comedy? Um, I don't think any are as just as strong as Romeo and Juliet yeah. tend to be, but I think an argument could be made that parts of Hamlet, because of Rosencrantz and Gildenstern, uh-huh. because, you know, there is that, it's an exaggeration of grief. Yeah. It's, it's such an exaggeration of grief and what Hamlet goes through, um, of that isolation and depression. That I mean, I wouldn't ever call it a tra- a comedy, but I think the exaggeration of of it, I think, spun the right way, could be made out to be a comedy. Huh. I don't think the original source material could be, but I think if you spun it the right way, yeah, it could be exaggerated to the point where it's like, yeah, no, grief does really weird things to you, and you don't really notice what's going on, and that could be spun into a comedy. Yeah, um, which is true. Yes, I I feel like um he. Shakespeare, I, th- I, I, I'm, sh- I guarantee he knew that. But oh, rather, sure. rather than just labeling it comedy or tragedy, he knew like the overall, yeah. the overarching version of it. But I guarantee he had a balance. So, comedy, and tragedy, and history are what like scholars use to define it. Mm-hmm. But those are subjective. Yeah, like humor. Um. So going back to the the play, I'm going to make you read. Oh dear. <laughs> You're not escaping this. Um. How do you feel about romance? Sure. Cool. Read Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, I've read that one. We'll read it again. Fine. <laughs> uh, or I'm going to sign you Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> what was his name? Um, oh, the comedian. Or the, the, the jester. The jester. In, not, I think he was the jester. In uh, Much Ado About Nothing. I'll read it again. 
Okay. Oh, I was going to say, there's the jester that's in Hamlet. No. Alas, per York, I knew him well. Uh, I'm blanking. So, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Well, see, next time we meet up, you'll you'll have to have read yeah, it. Yeah, I'll read it. And I'm going to quiz you on it. Oh, like dear. Like an English teacher. <laughs> Fine. Not actually, but I, I would mean, be down. Sure. All I'll, right. I'll, make I'll, I'll figure it out. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll read through it. Maybe, hopefully. No, if you're in one seating. In yeah, one you sitting. To, you don't have to do it in one sitting. Uh, but I think it's better to do I'll it in one see. sitting. I'll see. I'll try to. Cool. I'll figure it out. Anyways, nice. again, thank you so much. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yes. Um, this was a lot of fun. Oh, man. Now I have to read it. Again. It feels <laughs> like middle school. No, I'm just going to no. go spark notes. Okay. I know that chapter. Then it just skips. No, I'm, I'm going to ask I'm you about kidding. details now. Oh, Make you actually pay attention to the plot. No. No. Yes. All right. I give you a good one. Fine. <laughs> I do actually vaguely remember stuff about it. It's, it's I, once really I start fun. It, once I start it again, I guarantee I'll remember. There is a movie. You can watch the We movie. already watched that movie in middle school. You can watch it again. Uh, fine. It's got Kenneth Branagh in it. Sure. Well, again, thank you very much. I know. We keep tangenting. Yeah, I know. Let me finish. No. <laughs> well, uh, tell your parents I say hi. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hello. <laughs> um, and you better leave that one in there. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Nice. All right. Well, till next time. Thank you. Yep. Bye. Bye.